Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Just, just been kind of living in the afterglow of that since Sunday of believing that the Lord has has tremendously set something in motion. And I, I, I don't want to just take too much time here tonight, but I do think it's important to say a few things. Uh, I, I noticed Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and even Monday that several churches were posting about a tremendous move of the Lord and their churches on Sunday. And I thought early Monday morning, I was just thinking about, that, that was more than irony, of course. I just felt like that God speaks to the church at large. I don't think he, I know he does minister to us on a local level. And um, a pastor friend of mine from Louisiana called about mid-morning and and uh, we were talking and, and um, he just began to talk about how tremendously the Lord moved. And he said, you know, I noticed something today. And he started talking about the very same thing that I just mentioned. And I believe it was just the Lord's way of confirming that he is speaking to the church and he is pulling the church. Amen, I believe that with all of my heart that the Lord is, that the Lord is pulling universally the church to a, to a, a greater place in him. I, I I'm just confident of that, not saying it to have something to say. Our prayer focus for this week is is this, for the final week of January. Pray that we will bring forward souls to help them spiritually and naturally. 3 John verses 5 and 6 in summary says, Whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, if thou bring them forward, thou shalt do well. If thou bring them forward, thou shalt do well. So I, I believe that the Lord is, is pulling the church forward and I believe that we must help the Lord. That's why he's commissioned us here, filled us with the spirit to help bring people forward, to bring them closer. I'm thankful for that. I thought about Ezekiel today when I was just a little bit ago praying before service and I thought about Ezekiel when in our estimation he was speaking to nothing when the Lord said prophesy to the wind. Amen. But I can I can promise you that while Ezekiel spoke to the wind he wasn't just talking to the air but he was speaking the divine word of God and those bones began to come together and the reason for that is because those bones recognize the voice of their creator. Amen. And so tonight, I don't know where you may find yourself, but I believe that God will just, tonight it's me. And so I say that humbly, but it's my turn to be used of the Lord. And so I believe the Lord will use me tonight, not because I'm worthy, but just because I'm willing to let his voice speak 
Amen. And so if his voice will speak and if we'll hear the voice of our creator and respond to the voice of our creator, he can do something great in our midst here tonight. Amen. I want you to turn with me back to the book of Luke, book of Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11. And uh, we're gonna read verses one and two. We're gonna continue our, our thought about the Lord's prayer. I don't mean to keep visiting things and visiting them and weary you by any means, but I believe the Lord is really speaking something in our heart. Uh, Sister Debbie Rogers yesterday uh, shown, uh, shared with me a little handwritten note that her mother had made a few notes back in 2008 when I talk along, taught along the same subject. And uh, she said, I came across this and I just wanted to show you this. So I'm, I'm thankful that it's written down somewhere. If it's not on a piece of paper, but may the Lord write it on the pages of our heart. Luke chapter 11, verse one, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. Last Wednesday night, we talked about hallowed be thy name. Our Father which art in heaven, rather, hallowed be thy name. And tonight, I just wanna take the next three words, thy kingdom come. And if you will just help me, let the spirit of God touch our hearts. I hope this is okay, Sister Edith. I don't want to embarrass you, but um, a few services ago, I don't know how long it's been now, um, I had given Sister Edith my iPad to put in the scriptures for them to put on the screen. And so I just had a couple of scriptures, I think maybe two or three scriptures. And so she jokingly said, see, it looks like it's going to be a little light tonight. And... Uh, <clears throat> My daughter-in-law was standing there. She said, don't pay no attention to the scriptures. Look how many pages. That's what, that's what matters. That's what matters, how many pages. And so, amen, I don't, know, I don't think we're very light tonight on the scriptures, are we? But we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time in the Lord. Amen, the, the, the prophet Isaiah offers a lot of prophecy, or the book of Isaiah, rather, offers a lot of prophecy concerning the coming Messiah. A lot of, a lot of nuggets in the, that we can find at the hand or the pen of Isaiah. He reveals that Jesus Christ will one day come to establish his kingdom. We find uh, a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement in Isaiah chapter nine. I want us to turn there in verse six and seven. It's a very familiar to many, but the Bible says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with the justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah, as I mentioned a few services ago, spoke into the air, seemingly leaving this world not really having known the impact of his, wor of his words and how that it would impact even you and I here tonight. The child is born, a son is given. We're the recipients of that here this evening. The title Messiah means the anointed one. The word kingdom in the original language means to rule or to reign. So this Messiah that was to come 
and that would, that would rule and reign over a spiritual kingdom. Now, God's kingdom, of course, is unique because it is not a human kingdom. Earthly kingdoms rise and they fall. But the reign of God will, pre- will prevail forever and furthermore, it will last forever. We have watched tremendous kingdoms throughout history that have had seasons of power and seasons of ruin. And so the kingdom of God, sometimes man, because man just looks through the prism of man, doesn't understand the power in the kingdom or even the design of God. When Pilate asked Jesus what kind of king he was, in all honesty, that was a fair question, certainly in his mind. He was not being condescending or trying to be unkind or it was a very reasonable question if we keep that question in context. Jesus didn't fit the perception of a king. He didn't look like a king. He didn't have the pedigree of a king. He didn't carry himself like a king. And so in all honesty, it was a fair question. But Jesus didn't really concern himself with a political opinion or the perception of what uh, People thought a political ruler ought to be. And so Jesus just responded to Pilate again, I think in fair fashion. My kingdom is not of this world, he said. He further stated the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God. So in a spiritual sense, and I don't wanna muddy the water, but in a spiritual sense, we are now living in the kingdom. Both John the Baptist and Jesus began their ministries announcing that the kingdom of God had come. Amen. It is here, not coming, but it is here. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, we are asking God to advance his kingdom. We're asking the Lord to expand, in other words, the reach, the breadth, the height, or the depth of the kingdom into the hearts of people. I believe that we have a, an understanding of that and that's why we are witnessing to people and inviting them to church and talking to them about a God that can help their situation. We are advancing the kingdom of God. Every time a soul is added into the bride of Christ, we are advancing the kingdom of God. Amen, we're asking the Lord. We're asking the Lord to move on people. I believe we prayed that together this week, that God would just convict the heart of sinners and draw closer to him the heart of saints. In addition to that, we are not just anticipating the kingdom of God now, but we're anticipating, amen, the fulfillment of that and the kingdom to come when Jesus Christ returns to call his church home. What an exciting thing to even think about that. Hard to comprehend the power and the presence of the Lord. And so the kingdom of God that we speak of tonight is both present and it is both future. It is here now spiritually, but one day we will experience the kingdom of God in its fullness. That this particular petition of the Lord's prayer, these three words, thy kingdom come, is a very, very important part of, of the Lord's prayer. I don't imply mean to imply more important than any other part, but I want us tonight to just take these three words and let's just set these three words 
down on the table and let's just talk about these three words because in it, amen, the, this particular petition, it has so many facets and I don't pretend tonight to have a full understanding of them all but I do wanna take a few minutes and let's journey and consider some of the multiple aspects of this request, thy kingdom come. The kingdom of God, amen, thy kingdom come. I believe that to a degree when we pray, thy kingdom come, that there is an evangelistic aspect of this prayer, thy kingdom come. I'm thankful that I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful that I've been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. But can I tell you tonight that I fully understand that it is not just for me only and it is not for us four and no more. But there is something about the kingdom of God that is ever reaching, ever expanding. There is an evangelistic overtone. Thy kingdom come. In truth, we are, we are part of the answer to this. We're part of the answer to our own prayer. And so when we say thy kingdom come, it's not like we are saying, thy kingdom come. Now, Lord, move that request on the heart of someone else or place the burden of responsibility upon the shoulders of someone else. We're part of this. We are responsible in part to answer our own prayer. It's important to understand that, that we have a role in bringing the kingdom of God to completeness. You know, the saddest thing that could ever happen to a church is for us to think that this is all there is to it and we're just coming to church. We'll sing a few songs and we kind of anticipate what's gonna happen next. We know about, in some cases, about how long the service is gonna last, about what time we're gonna get out, about what time we're gonna go home, and we just kind of put a little check mark by it. We have that off of our things to do today, but if we could truly understand that we have an important role in bringing about the completeness or the wholeness to the kingdom of God, that means I gotta walk a little more soberly. That means I gotta walk a little more upright. That means I gotta walk a little bit, I gotta walk with a little bit more of an intentional step. Thy kingdom come is a call for God to increase his kingdom. Well, how has God chosen to increase the kingdom? He's chosen through the foolishness of preaching. He has chosen through the wearing, through the frailness of, excuse me, the frailty of mankind to advance his kingdom. That means he has chosen to use our hands and our feet and our eyes and our voice and our ears. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, that means we are stepping into the line and saying, God, I'm gonna pray this prayer and now I need you to give me the strength to help pull out and the commission of this prayer into my own life. Amen, it is a call to convert the hearts of unbelievers. Now I know that we can't save anyone we don't have redemptive power, forgiving power. We don't have saving power. But I believe that we are called to compel a lost world to come to the foot of the cross. Amen. I believe that the one person said many years ago, I've heard the saying all my life, but several years ago I read an addendum to that, that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. We've all heard that. But I heard someone say many years ago, but you can put a little salt in his diet and create a little thirst in their diet. And so I can lead someone to it. I can't pull them and make them do it. But I believe through where I, I believe that through my living relationship with God, that I can put a little salt in their diet, a little desire in their diet. Amen. I believe that we can do something in our presentation about how good the Lord is. Amen. We need to pray for revival. 
I know that sounds a little bit uh, like a worn out phrase, praying for revival, but, but we're praying for not just revival here, but we need to pray for revival in North America. We need to pray for revival around the world. Amen, but here's what we have to understand, and that is the fact that God can and will answer this prayer through us. We've got to stop believing that when we pray, our words are just falling into the carpet. We gotta stop believing that when we pray, our words are just kind of dribbling down on the chair or whatever we may kneel at or whatever posture we may have in prayer. We gotta dismiss and divorce ourselves from the idea that our words are just being vaporized. But I'm gonna tell you that when God's people pray. Heaven stands at attention. Hallelujah. There's power in prayer. Amen. We can bring uh, the, the, the power of conviction into the heart of people through prayer. We can do that. The church is not uh, anemic. The church is not frail and fragile. We're not meandering our way through life, but it's the church triumphant. Can I get a witness in this house tonight? The church triumphant. Praise God. I believe we can do this by sharing the fact that God can fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. Thy kingdom come. It's an evangelistic prayer. And so we must reach with all that we have, we must reach. Thy kingdom come is a moral prayer. When John the Baptist announced the kingdom of God was at hand, John the Baptist was commanding, not suggesting, but he was commanding all men everywhere to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We, we want to see God's kingdom evident in our lives, of course. And so if we really want to see the kingdom of God evident in our lives, then we must be willing to live accordingly. If you want to be blessed of the Lord, you have to live in a blessable fashion. <clears throat> We have to live a life that God can bless. We have to do things that God can honor. But we can't go where God's not gonna go with us and we can't do things that God's not gonna participate in. Amen? And so we, in order to see God's kingdom evident and alive in our heart, then I have to say, Lord, then help me to be willing to live according to that. You know, it's, uh, it's an important thing. I, I've used this illustration with a couple of men here tonight uh, that have now retired with United Parcel Service, but many years ago, I, maybe some of this has changed a little bit, but many years ago, they were not allowed to wear their uniforms home because they didn't want them doing anything that would discredit the name of their company. And so they wore their street clothes to work and wore their uniform there, and you guys even didn't have locker rooms or something like that to change into someplace? Yeah. And some place to change into because there may be a broader scope than this and, and uh, we'll have Mike and Jimmy come up here and clear all this up. <laughs> but there's a, probably a, a broader scope than that but that was part of it. That there, It was a thing to, uh, to, to protect their reputation or the reputation of the company. And another thing I found interesting uh, about that was years ago, I know the vehicles now are a little bit more common but there was used to be a unique style of vehicle that were used and you never saw those used by someone else. You never saw that later that somebody's selling boiled peanuts out of the side of one of them. Right? Because they, they're protecting their image. So we're gonna be careful. 
You, you're making the spiritual application, I know. And so we have choices to make. If I want to be used of God and if I want the kingdom of God evident in my life, then I have to be willing to live according that I never bring shame to his name or do anything to to take away from the kingdom of God, but to always represent well the kingdom of the Lord. You just never know when you're gonna run into someone. I ran I ran to a little building supply store today to pick up a few things. I just had on my jeans and a ball cap and I ran in and, and uh, I was in a hurry and I was talking to the man behind the counter and he said, and who is this for? And, and I, I said, it was for Hatchman Apostolic Church. He said, I thought you looked familiar. I thought, oh, no, oh, no. Oh no. And then he talked to me about uh, several times that they had visited our church here as a guest of the Osbournes and, and uh, I knew that he wasn't telling the story because he said, I remember that Hee Haw production you guys put on. So I said, you know, <laughs> I knew he had us dead to rights and he couldn't be making that up. So here we are. And so you're just thankful in moments like that and you pray, oh God, help me to represent always. Help me to represent you well. And so if I want the kingdom of God to be to come to fruition in my life, then I need to live in accordance to that because we are confronted every day, not every now and then, not Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're confronted every day with a choice to make. Am I gonna live according to Christian values today? Am I gonna follow the values of the word of God or am I gonna follow the values of our culture? Am I gonna do what fits in the context of God's word and his kingdom or am I gonna do what's in context with popularity in the 21st century? I believe that God is looking for a church that will stand out and stand up. I believe that God is looking for a church that will stand up and stand out and say I want the kingdom of God to come in my life and so that means it's going to require some things of me. Paul described the kingdom of God as righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Therefore when we pray thy kingdom come we are asking the Lord this make me holy. Make me pure. Help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. I know I've mentioned it a few services, but it's just in my spirit, and I, I don't want to get it out. I don't want to get it out. But David said, order my steps in, your, in thy word, and let not iniquity have dominion over me. Amen. Lord, order my steps in your word. Amen. Those steps, they're, they're literal things. Order my steps in your word. But I'm asking you, God, don't let iniquity, don't let sins of thought and sins of intent, don't let ill motives in my spirit have dominion over me. I don't want to just walk the walk and fool those that are looking at me but I want to walk the walk so you can look at my heart and know that my intentions are pure praise God praise God so if the kingdom of God is within us that means we're children of the king so we can't pray thy kingdom come and then not live like we're his children additionally we can't honestly pray for his rule over others and not want him to have rule over me. Amen. Thy kingdom comes means we are under his lordship. Thy kingdom come is a prophetic prayer. It's an evangelistic prayer. It's a prophetic prayer. Someone once correctly penned the words that believers see further on their knees than philosophers can see on their tiptoes. How true, how true, how true. History is headed to a culmination. I believe that there is a kingdom conclusion and I believe we're standing at the threshold of this. Amen, I believe that with all of my heart and if you can read, if you can hear, 
If you can watch the news, if you can hear the news of the rumblings of our world, I believe that we would have to agree that there is a culmination, that there is a head, amen. There is a kingdom conclusion and we're at the threshold of that. And so I've got to place my trust in the divine providence that one day Jesus is gonna call us home. Hallelujah, we need to live every day Amen, live every day like he is coming right now. I wanna live that close to the altar. I wanna live that close to the word of God. Now, no one, no one knows exactly how or when this will play out. Even though much has been written about biblical prophecy and the second coming of the Lord, we also know that many people differ on their views of that and as to how things are going to unfold. And so I'm not here to try to untangle not one thread of that, but I know one thing for sure, that God is in control. And I'm not trying to whitewash it at all. I don't know exactly how it will all unfold, but I know that God is in control. And I know that in the meantime, that we are called on to be watchful and we are called on to be spiritually prepared at all times, at all times. I want to work like he's coming in 30 years but I want to live like he's coming in 30 seconds amen I want to work like there is no tomorrow amen I want to work give everything that I have and let it be our very best but I want to live not as though I have the rest of my life to get things hammered out or maybe somewhere God will give me a few moments on a deathbed to get everything right I want to hinge my hopes not on that but I want to go ahead and hook my hope to it today well I can make a conscious decision and serve him with all of my heart. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. The church should be preoccupied I think with fulfilling the great commission to disciple all nations. This petition is much like the final and concluding words of the Bible when we get all the way to the last of the last of the last. In Revelation 22 and 20, even so come Lord Jesus. Even so come Lord Jesus. The kingdom, thy kingdom come in the Lord's prayer is a prayer of protest because I believe that the church that is standing for right should stand in opposition against wrong. Someone said the reason we don't pray more fervently is because we're not angry enough. Amen. God, I believe, wants us to to develop some strong feelings about life through prayer. I'll just ask you as a red-blooded American, how many more abortions will it take for us to cry out and protest about this in prayer? Amen. I'm being very honest. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just become such a part of our culture until we think very little about it. And I, I believe that there's power in prayer. It's a, amen, how, how many more murders and, and, and rapes and drug addicts and, and, and school shootings and on and on and on will there have to take place? We can't just say, my, my, my. I wonder how long it will, it will be before the church of the living God that is you and I. And so I don't want to try to hinge this on some universal church, but I want to set this at our feet tonight. I want to set it at mine. I want to set it at yours. I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable or angry, but I want to bring this
this to your door and knock on your door. I want to bring this to my door and knock on my door. How much more will have to happen before the church says we have got to get to intercessory prayer and protest and petition. I'm not talking about protesting by building a sandwich sign and marching up and down in front of abortion clinics and I'm not being unkind about that, but I believe there's power in prayer. Power in prayer. Amen. Thy kingdom come. I believe it's also a, a warfare prayer or a battle cry prayer. Amen. How come... Amen, we, we, we look around us today and we wonder why, why is it that we can be so passive about the things that are going on. The scripture, the word of the Lord says that it is the anointing of God that destroys the yoke. The anointing of God that destroys the yoke. I hope that every leader in this church understands how much I appreciate the talent and the ability and the sacrifices that you make. And so please don't ever be off put by what I am about to say. I will tell you tonight that while we need a talent and ability and all of those things, what we have got to have at the top of the list is anointing. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I believe that I don't believe we have to sacrifice one for the other to be frank with you I don't think we had to sacrifice one on the altar of the other but I say Lord help us to understand the power that comes through the anointing it is warfare it is battle cry amen as someone dubbed the phrase it is war on the floor kind of prayer war on the floor amen people are enticed and they're enslaved by sin the very essence of of human nature is, is just in quite a predicament. A few weeks ago, I was sitting in my truck. I pulled into a place of business in a large parking lot and, and I was on the phone with someone so I just stayed in the truck and was concluding my conversation and, and a, uh, what, what looked like to me to be perhaps a, a lady and her father uh, pulled into the parking place in front of me. She got out of the car, went into the store. <clears throat> the man was sitting in the car in the passenger side, <clears throat> excuse me, and from where I was sitting, I could see that he was wearing an oxygen tube around. In just a moment, he got out of the car and I was just dumbfounded. He probably, in my estimation, would have weighed far less than 100 pounds, shaking profusely. He got out and he could barely stand. He was so weak and frail. He was shaking. And I, I watched him. I'm not being critical, but just stay with me. I watched him pull off that oxygen and reach into his shirt pocket. His hands were shaking so bad he could barely get a cigarette to his lips and he stood there and puffed and if you think a spirit of criticism came over me you're running down the wrong aisle something within me melted I wanted to get out of my truck so bad and I wanted to just cry out against sin I just wanted to cry out against the gates of hell I didn't want to go 
belittle him or berate him or embarrass him, but I felt an overwhelming desire to just get out and curse the sin that was holding this man's life. Now, I don't think it would have been appropriate to make a scene or take a chance on embarrassing this man any further, but I can tell you there's nothing inside of me that believes he wants to be tethered to that altar of uh, that, that is killing him. And I thought, oh God, oh God, I couldn't shake it. I came home, I talked to my wife about it. I just couldn't shake it. When I would go to prayer in the mornings for the next several days, I just saw that man. I have no idea where they're from, anything about the backstory, but I just thought, God, help us to get a hold of this warfare battle cry. Amen. I, you, we, you, you say, well, Brother Boyd, you're just sounding so idealistic like we can just go out and empty the hospitals and just take care of all that. Maybe, maybe you're taking that too far, but I might challenge you to think that you have taken it the other way, that we can do nothing about the debauchery of sin but I'm telling you that we are not serving a crippled God we're not serving a God that's hobbling along we're not a part of a church that just barely might make it amen I've heard people say if I can slide in under the wire I know what I think they mean I've heard people say if I can just get in and hear the gate click behind me no I'm not of that mindset I believe the church is the church triumphant and when we see things like that amen I believe that it ought to do something to our spirit and we ought to say, God, I'm going to cry out against that. I'm going to speak out against that. I'm going to cry out against that. Warfare praying. Praise God. Our desires, a child of God, she should be for God to be honored and revered, for him to be uplifted, for his name to be always revered. But we have to understand that there is a real enemy opposition to the kingdom of God. We're engaged in spiritual warfare and we're praying for victory. So I gotta ask myself a vital question. And I'm asking you to ask yourself a vital question. Don't get thrown off by the terminology here. But am I a prayer warrior? Am I a prayer warrior? Am I a man of prayer? Am I a lady of prayer? You know the answer to that. Paul writes in Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I'm going to tell you tonight, we're, we're fighting right now. As a matter of fact, there has been a pushback since we opened the service. Amen. There's been a spirit of resistance. Amen, a spiritual resistance since we began this very service tonight. You know why? Because hell does not want us to connect on to what happened in this house Sunday and take it any further. And so we just push back. And so it would be the devil's pleasure for us to say, well, it's just, well, we'll just get this night behind us and going about our business. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers, against, against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we 
got to combat this. How? I'm going to tell you, we can't combat this just because we've got a little bit of ability. We got to combat this in prayer. That's the only place you can win some battles. You can't duke it out. It's not an arm wrestling match. It's not, it's not, it's not. It's a prayer match. It's what we are going to accomplish on our knees before the Lord. And so when we say, thy kingdom come, hear me tonight. We are saying a whole lot in those three words, thy kingdom come. God's truth is marching on. Yes, it is. His truth is marching on. Praise the Lord. The kingdom, thy kingdom come is a prayer of submission. And I'm gonna hurry here. Thy kingdom come is a prayer of submission. I believe the function of this prayer is not to, the function of prayer is not to inform God of all of our woes or all of our needs, but the function of prayer is to call on the Lord to fulfill his plan, and we are part of that plan. It's not my kingdom come, thy kingdom come. Some people are involved in personal kingdom building, and it's just all about them and whatever they're doing, but it's not about me, and it's not about you, and it's not about us. Amen, we gotta be concerned with God's plans and concerned with God's rule. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Thy kingdom come is, a, is certainly a prayer of comfort. I believe that, that sometimes the spirit of anxiety is an indicator to pray. I've been very, very, very serious when we feel anxious, that may just be God's way of sounding an alarm. It's prayer time. It's prayer time. Because through prayer, we cast our cares on him. That's what we do. We realize that he is in control and that life has a purpose and, and that God is going to take care of this. And through prayer, it, as it's been said many times, prayer doesn't always change our circumstances, but it does change how we view our circumstances. And so, amen, we have to ask God to take this into his hands. Isaiah, in Isaiah, we are reassured of this marvelous truth in Isaiah 11 and 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God is going to protect his people. Jeremiah, God promised this, Jeremiah 51, 36, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will plead thy cause and take vengeance and take vengeance for thee. God will be our voice. When this kingdom comes in its fullness, then we're gonna be free from suffering and sorrow. And to be honest with you, we can none of us even imagine because suffering and sorrow has been such a long-time neighbor and friend till we know no other way. Thy kingdom come is a prayer of unity. There are not many kingdoms. It's just one kingdom, <clears throat> one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so in this prayer, we hope for the day when all the divisions will be done away with. And, and, and we are all members of this one kingdom, praising the Lord together. And we anticipate this with confidence. And so even though, despite an occasional division sometimes that even happens among the local church, we are encouraged. We are encouraged because we know that believers from all around are praying this prayer with us. We're in this together. Thy kingdom come as an identifying prayer. And so as Christians, we have a dual citizenship. Paul said it like this. He said, for our conversion in Philippians 3.20, our conversion or our citizenship is another word for conversion there, is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We are governed by human law, but we are also governed by biblical truth. So we walk in accordance to the biblical truth as well as human law. We're loyal to our nation. I'm thankful to be an American. I say that often and, and I say it loud, very humble by that. Amen. But we also recognize that we belong to the kingdom of God and we're more than just citizens of this nation. Because again, as I said a moment ago, nations can rise and nations can fall. But the kingdom of God is forever. Paul explains it like this in Colossians 1 and 13. For he, the scripture says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so when we pray thy kingdom come, we're identifying ourselves, identifying ourselves as subjects of the king of kings. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come if they will. And I will close with these remarks. Thy kingdom come is a very realistic prayer. You see, some people view faith and prayer as some sort of a, just an emotional escape from reality. That if we pray, we're just kind of hiding from our peril or our problems, but nothing could be further from the truth. Karl Marx has often been quoted when he called religion the opiate of the masses. But you see, when we pray, we're not really trying to escape reality. We're trying to find it. And the problem is, is that what we see around us is not reality. Because this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home this is not home this is not home let's stand can we tonight this is not home one writer called the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit infilling he called it the earnest called it the down payment call it the deposit of that which is to come I believe that what we feel here tonight what we felt Sunday experienced is just the earnest it's just a portion just a portion of what heaven will be and I'm thankful for the power of the Lord I believe with all of my heart that there is a an extended unified call to the church at large to pray I've never been more convinced of that never been more convinced of that there's something drawing there's something pulling and so how do we pray how do we get started you just got to start amen how do we develop faithfulness by being faithful Amen. We need to understand the value of me praying and not just the value of someone else praying. I said, I'm not sure where it was, or I mean, I know it was here, but I'm not sure the what service or the context of the service. 
is that we all agree that we are no doubt here because somebody prayed for us. And so what we can't fail or what we can't afford to forget is that today we are that somebody. Somebody is depending on our prayer. And so let's not just say, well, we're we're in, we got it, and now we just kind of glide until the Lord comes. No. Amen. We need to find a place between the porch and the altar and say, God, let me intercede on someone's behalf. Let's sing together and make the Lord the center of our lives. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.